This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hello everyone, I'm Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs and host of Vegas Rock Dog Radio. On today's show, I'm talking about the skin's microbiome and animal news from around the world. So stay right there. the host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hi everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs, and this is Vegas Rock Dog Radio. We're a rock and roll show all about pets, people, and pop culture. In studio with me today is Mr. Jim. Yes, right here across from you. Yes, and... Relaxing after their breakfast are uh, Mr. Twix and Miss Thornton. And, uh, you know, when we get ready to go in the studio, we just say, showtime. And they run on in, <laughs> take a seat and relax. Sometimes they'll bark, sometimes, but not very often, though, do they, Jim? No, really? little Miss Tina's all chilled out in her chair, it's, in her armchair right now. quiet time, everybody's together. Have you noticed that, that when everyone is together in the family, on the sofa, everybody seems to be happy, don't you think, Jim? I agree. I'm looking at her right now. I wish I was chilling out like she was not working. <laughs> how, how long was your ride this morning? Uh, 12T. 12T. 12T miles. You only did 12 miles? No, I did uh, 34 this morning. Oh, okay. 12T. If anyone watches League of Gentlemen, then you'll know where that comes from. 12T. Tubbs says that, doesn't she? That's her line. It's Tubbs' line when she's asking for Edward's approval. (laughs) Oh, Tubbs did good. (laughs) Well, I've got quite a bit planned in the show today, and I'm doing something a little different. I'm actually doing the show standing up. It actually feels quite good. You need a very desk. You know, Ikea have one, Jim. What? Ikea have one. Our friend Andy. Mm -hmm. So our friend Andy, yeah, just moved to New York, so I'm mad about that. (laughs) Anyway, he's a uh, set designer for TV, uh, theater, stage, you name it. Um, Done some some really big names, you know, American Idol. Um, Millionaire. Millionaire, so you think and dance. I mean, millionaires are over 20 years old now. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you see anything on TV and the name Andy uh, warms the underneath your notes him. Anyway, 
So they moved to New York, obviously into a much smaller place. <laughs> wow. I mean, I couldn't believe the price of, of rents and um, the size that you get. Anyway, it's very nice, though. But what he's done is because he, he likes to work on a very specific kind of desk. And so he got one and he got it from Ikea. He oh. said it was four fifty, if I'm not wrong. But I think I saw that in the as is section this week for two fifty, if I'm not really? wrong. But um, well, very desks are really expensive. The company that started those. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So uh, they definitely have their benefits when you can, you know, get the right height. Here's the thing: me being short, often the desks feel really high. <laughs> Jim being tall. You know what happened? Tell them what happened to you before we get onto the show. Tell them what happened to your desk. My desk has, I don't know, it's just faulty design. It's a cool desk. It's a cool desk, but it's not cool because it had these caster wheels, these big soft rubber caster wheels that go up into the legs. But the, the bracket that holds the casters into the leg is just a cheap plastic design, and the wheels collapsed. I almost lost everything off my studio it desk. twice. So now he's taken the caster and wheels off. You can't put them back on again. You can't buy those things. And, and it's too short for me. I can't get my legs underneath well, it. So if you walk in, you go, it's a bit Alice in Wonderland, isn't it? You well, know, everything's off, out of perspective. I'll get a studio desk in there again, <laughs> I think. It's Something. such a nice desk. It's going to end up going it's to the a, free section of a, the driveway. It's a mare. It's a mare, we call it, a nightmare. Yeah, it, it'll go to the, it'll go to the free section of the driveway one night. <laughs> well, that's our weekly update, I guess. And if you do listen, if you listen to the show the first time, this is what we do. We, we kind of go through our ridiculous week, and then we get onto the topics themselves. Um, <laughs> that desk, though, and it makes me sad because it's such a nice desk. It's such a nice desk. I just don't know how we could fix it. And the fact that you could wheel it around was great. Anyway, yep, those days are over. Oh, Time stop for change. It. Just stop. Anyway, I hate that when everything else is in good shape. Really? Okay, so if you want to connect with us elsewhere on the internet, of course, our website is the main website. I just did a massive update on it. Sometimes you go on there and you think you're doing a little tiny update, and then before you know it, oh, I'll change this, or I'll change that. Uh, anyway, it turned into a bit more work than I wanted. But I actually focused a lot more on the mobile site because I think it's something like 87% of people are basically using their phones to access anything on the internet. So I, I did a big update on that, and it's a lot clearer, a lot easier. Yeah, So, but still work. Still a lot of work. Anyway, you can find us, of course, on our website, vegasrockdogradio.com, and you can find us on Periscope. Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. Oh, I do have an update. Hang on one second, though. And we do have a blog. The blog is therockandrolldog.com. And if you missed the live show, you can catch up on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spoke by SiriusXM, and Spotify. And I think this week we're already on Google Play. I just need to make a, a little double check on that one. And our website, if you don't want to go to those podcast apps and find our show, just go to our website because the links are on there. So if you've got, if you, you know, if you're a big fan of Spotify, then you'll see the link on there and make it very easy for you. Um, here's actually, here's an update that I did forget about. I'm doing a giveaway this week and I'm doing a giveaway on our Facebook page, which is Vegas Rock Dog Radio. And what I'm doing is I'm giving away one of our meow notebooks. And basically I'm going to pick a winner at random, but all I'm asking you to do is click on the link. You'll see it on our Facebook page. Click on the link to enter and... Tell me what it is you love about your pets, what they mean to you. So we've had quite a few 
applications already, or entries, I guess. And then tomorrow night at midnight is when it closes. On Monday, I'll pick a winner at random and I'll um, shoot you an email and get your address and send out the prize. So head on over to vegasrockdogradio.com. You will find the giveaway on our page. So that's, that's another thing we've been up to this week. <laughs> you forget. You know, it just gets busy. Just keep going. One thing we did do yesterday that was nice, though, we actually went over to the Silverton Casino and uh, just hung out by the pool. And um, a lot of the pools are free for locals. So it's just nice. Pretend that you're on holiday. <laughs> it was really nice, wasn't it, Jim, for a change? Yeah, my three-hole punch is messed up. Why? What's wrong with it? It's not lined up right. I need to get a screwdriver. You've heard that. You've heard that phrase, haven't you? Oh, look, a squirrel. I think that was just a, ooh, look, a squirrel moment. <laughs> yes, the pool was nice as well. <laughs> it was. It was really nice. We might go back. We might go back. Um, we're going to... Too bad we can't take the dogs and, and then there would be no small screaming children. Oh, I know. Why do not people that like I the don't, kids? I like kids, but not screaming well, ones at It gets at, to be a point where it's like, Not stop. at a pool. Yeah, it's too much, isn't it? Like, shut your mouth, enjoy the pool, yeah, stop you have screaming. To, well, you do have to consider other people, don't you? I mean... Not when you're you? today's parents. <laughs> Sorry. Shoe fits. But I'm wondering if they just get deaf to it. Because they hear it all the time, it becomes normal. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, Jim. Mm. Oh, well, we are in the season, by the way, of allergies. And, oh, it's, it's rough. Our two are finally coming out of it. It's funny, some years are good, some years are bad. They had a great year last year, but this year we've had a fair bit of rain. Strange for us. And um, it's uh, made a, a lot more stuff bloom. And it's terrible. There's so many pets right now. The, the vets are, are full of pets and itching and wanting to rip their skin off and red ears and raw paws. And it's really horrible to see them suffer that way. I can always measure how, well, usually, we, well, we've had years we've had nothing, haven't we, Jim? We've done really well, particularly with Thornton. But this year was just rough on, on some dogs who never even get allergies and we often associate allergies with food allergies but a lot of the time it's environmental could be something in your home could be something that's blooming in your garden and so it's something you do have to you know become aware of as i say we tend to go oh no dog's itching oh have you looked at their food but then we don't say what time of year is it what's blooming and we are known for what do they call it the horrible tree mulberry yeah ash um, Ooh, what is this? One more. There's another one. The, so, the three, the three bad ones. One of them they're is, not native. One of them is so bad that mulberry's the worst. You're banned from mulberry planting it. Ash is bad. They happen at different times. I feel bad for the older neighborhoods who have those trees. Oh my gosh! They, I mean, it's bad. What's the tree with the yellow flowers? I think it, that might be sumac. It drops so much pollen. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like a blanket of yellow across the streets. It's so bad. Anyway, so I say we're in that season. But last week, here's a glimmer of hope for everyone. Last week, I watched a Facebook Live with Rodney Habib and Julianne Lee. And she is of the adored beast. Bit of an epiphany, I have to say. Now, a lot of people don't want to watch the lives because they think they're too long. But sometimes they need time to explain what it is they're trying to help you with. And so, you know, save them. Lots of people don't know how to save, by the way, on Facebook still. People are still doing a dot, <laughs> a period, as a comment, because then they'll get an update and they'll do it as a reminder. But really, just click the little drop-down arrow on the top right-hand corner and select save. 
And you can actually save now into categories, which is brilliant. I mean, can you imagine how much of that saving I do every single week? It's a lot. Anyway, that's how you can save it. But I did watch all the way through it. First of all, I have to say, one, we love Rodney. Number two, I really liked Julie Ann Lee. Just, oh, there's something about her that is just, you go, oh, I just want to be her friend. And actually, I did friend her, which I rarely friend anyone. But I just, you know, what I got from her was, this is someone who really cares about animals. So here we go. Here was the epiphany for me. Because we focus a huge amount of our energy on food allergies and strengthening the gut uh, microbiome, which it is important, why are we looking at the skin's microbiome? You know, because it's the one thing you see with allergies is the skin is inflamed. What are we doing for the skin? And you don't think about that. You think, oh, internally, internally, but we also need to, you know, look externally because after all, it is the skin is the body's largest organ. And it's the one thing, like I said, itches, it's so inflamed, and especially at this time of year. So in a nutshell, I think what's really important to understand is, oh, will you just do me a little, um, a little search, Jim? Um, the dangers of antibacterial lotions, because this was a big thing that she mentioned. She talked about bacteria. We've got good and we've got bad bacteria. And what these, oh gosh, I wish, no, I wish I'd taken a bit more of a note on this one, but basically she was saying, if you use these antibacterials, yeah, it, it, it kills off uh, bacteria that you need and it takes the bacteria out of balance and it leaves something behind I forgot what she said it was called and then you stroke your pets and then it can take theirs out of balance too their good and bad bacteria as well and, she, and I will agree with it. I mean I am a bit of a I'm not an anti-back person I'm not but I won't touch a handle <laughs> like Jim yeah, that's okay. So you're concerned, <laughs> not concerned that you get germs, but you have no problem with me picking them up. <laughs> yeah, it's so totally So the fine. germs are here. It's totally Welcome fine. to the germs <laughs> in your house. Oh, I won't touch that. You touch it. Oh, well, uh, it's coming to my house. I know, but I just, uh, I just can't. Strange one. But in a nutshell, not all bacteria is bad. And we need to foster a good balance of bacteria on our pet's skin, as well as our own, of course. But there are some people almost addicted to those, those antibacs. Have you found it? Seven reasons why you should avoid antibacterial hand gel. Mr. Twix is under your tripod oh, okay. of your, of your studio lights. lights. Okay, I'll just... I'll He's just under that tripod. Okay, he'll be fine, I'm sure. He has a way of finding his way into the strangest little places. Do you want to quickly run them off, or do you have to go into depth with those? Let me look quickly. Well, you know what? Let me carry on while you... Number one. Oh, go on. Dry skin. Well, yeah. Ooh. Number two, accelerated aging. Ooh. Number three, damaged skin. Ooh. Number four, antibiotic resistance. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was... Yeah, that's one number of them. Number six. Number five, unknown chemicals. Yeah. Number six, weakened immune system. Bad news. And number seven, the FDA states... There is no evidence that antibacterial soaps and sanitizers are any more effective than regular soap and warm water in helping to prevent the spread of germs. Mm, what a waste so of money. Was, that was uh, just one article that I saw. There's, there's quite a bit of stuff online. That was from um, Anna Marie Gianni Skincare Tips, but there's Live, Live Strong... Will also you, has well, some well, can you search, Texas Poison Control. Can, uh, can you specifically search 
it, it sounds like a really bizarre search, but what is left behind on the skin after you use antibacterial lotions? Because there was there was a name for it, and I mm, I'm one of those like eh, gotta find out. There's a name for it that's left behind on your skin. But I'm going to continue with what I was saying here. Um, so we do need to foster a good balance of bacteria on our skin. And what Julianne was explaining was um, how the use of these antibacterial lotions is just not a practice you should continue. Um, you know, because, well, seven of the things that Jim just mentioned right there and how it, ta- it, it creates an imbalance in bacteria. So after explaining, she explains the makeup of the skin. She calls it the topography. I think it's a fantastic word. Uh, she gave some fantastic remedies, one of which I tried this week. Because I, I, I that day, I was like, oh, I've got to go out and buy well, this. Mayo says there's allergic reactions. Mayo Clinic. But can you find out what's, be- what's left behind after Do- you use it? Like say. the residual chemical or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you be, have to be a bit creative, don't you, with um, searches. <laughs> um, so the first one... I swear, you're going to think, what? The first remedy she gave was, let your dogs roll in dirt. Let them roll in dirt. Let them dig in your garden. Let them roll around. Now, Mr. Twix is pretty good at that, I will say. I call him a very good gardener, (laughs) especially when I put new plants in. He loves to hop on in that soil, and he thinks it's fantastic. But what's happening is... The, bac- the good, good, good bacteria is coming onto the skin that helps the, the balance of the skin. I thought it was just like, what? This is amazing. Now, of course, if you live rurally as well, how fantastic is that? In fields, you know, I, I feel, ju- actually, I should ask all my friends back home in England, in Sheffield, who it's very rural, what, you know, percentage of them are having skin issues? I bet you anything. And I don't see any of them actually talk about skin issues with their dogs i honestly don't so i'm going to do my own little research there but let them roll around in dirt in mud triclosan is the antibacterial ingredient that's left behind okay and then can you find out the effects of that see you have to you have to what do they call you have to oh what's the word they call it not dig deep. There's a word that everybody uses, you know. Drill down. You've got to drill down and find out what that means. <laughs> so rolling in dirt, rolling in mud. And you know what? Mud dries, brush it off. And she said, don't shower it away. Or you could rinse it, I guess, but not do not do the shampoo thing. Just don't do that. Now you're thinking, oh, gosh, I live in an apartment. What am I going to do? I don't have a garden. I don't have a field. What the heck am I going to do? How am I going to find some dirt? So here was our other suggestion. And that was to get a kiddie pool, little kids, you know, uh, swimming pool, uh, preferably one of those hard ones, because you know how dogs are with inflatable things. (laughs) And then she said, buy some organic soil, some organic compost, put it in there, make it lots and lots of fun by throwing in bones, toys, treats, you can rub it on them. And I know you're probably going, what the heck? But think about it. It has uh, the right bacteria that's going to help your dog's skin. So I just thought this was just like, what? This is so amazing. And again, you can brush it off and they're fine. They're going to be fine. Um, The other option. Oh, did you have something you wanted to say, Jim? Triclosan Mm -hmm. is... um it decreases the levels of some thyroid hormones, at least in animals. Wow. Other studies have the 
raise the exposure increases the likelihood that bacteria will develop resistance. Mm. But in animals in particular, it affects thyroid. So what it's also doing then, it's, it's uh, affecting their immune system to be able to deal with environmental and seasonal allergies. Think about that. So you're not doing your dog any favors, you're not doing yourself any favors by doing that. So if you keep using those antibacks, you're in a terrible vicious cycle that you'll never get out of. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, so yeah, so she said, you know, um, if, you, if you're living in an apartment, <laughs> you know, and you know what? You can, you, if you don't have, if you have a balcony, you can put a little pool out on the balcony and do it that way, put it in the bathroom. And that's going to be a very, very easy way to try and balance that skin microbiome, which I thought was fantastic. Now, here was another option, and this is the one that I did. Another option, she said, was to get a pre and probiotic powder where there's many types of bacteria and just like billions of, of, <laughs> of probiotics, like billions and gazillions, yeah, as many as you can, but as many types of bacteria. So there's two, going to be two different numbers on, your, on the uh, pro and prebiotic um, what they call it, jar or whatever it is you get it in. And what you're going to do is you're going to dissolve that in some water and you're going to give your dogs a rinse. So that's easily done. So easy, hop them in the bath, pour it straight on them, don't rinse it off. Now what I did, not only did I pour it on the dogs, I also put it in a spray bottle so I could get under their armpits and their paws. And I have one of those, um, you'll have seen them on, on Amazon and think, oh, really? That looks stupid one of the best things I ever got. It's like a, it's a plastic bottle, kind of, very wide opening in the top. Mine has neoprene in the top and you shove their foot in there. I let my dogs put their weight on it so it goes all the way up halfway through their legs and, you know, inside, you know, either I've got povidone um, rinse or something like that, but I did this with the pre and probiotic rinse, stuck it in there and then sprayed them down. Now, what she said was, you can do this, you can do it one day and see how it goes. And if that helps, then leave it Leave it be. If you feel like you need a little bit more help, day two, you can do day three. You can do them consecutively, then you're going to give it a break. Yep. So I did. I got pretty good on the, on day two. Pretty good. Thornton, great. Um, but I went with day three. Thornton's been really, really good. Twix a little, he's still a little bit itchy. So I'm going to, uh, I'll restart that again next week. But I thought it made quite the difference. And of course, it's pre and probiotics. So what's wrong with that? It's great for the body. So I was very excited to watch this. I was not expecting to hear that. I thought it was like, whoa, yeah, why are we ignoring the largest organ of the body? When we can see it's reacting to something, why are we not treating the skin as well? So I was very excited about that. So I'm really happy to actually bring that to you. And I will, will, of course, link this up in the show notes so that you can go back and watch it yourself, which I'll go back again because I, there's there's always more you can pull out of these Facebook lives. There's so, such a lot of information. And unless you're actually writing notes as you go along, go back and, and watch it all over again and then save it. And then share it with your friends. That's a really important thing. So it's sad, though, to hear, oh, my gosh, my dog who's never had allergies all of a sudden springs here and is like, what? This is horrible, chewing their little feet off. And, I mean, there was a point where Thornton was always in a cone and pajamas at this time of year. Oh, it was horrible, trying everything and everything and everything, you know. But uh, 
as I say, she's doing great now, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. But you can always tell when they just, oh, you can tell they're uncomfortable. It's a horrible thing when you want to make them as comfortable as possible. Um, so there you go. So that was, um, as I say, that's uh, going to be on my show notes. And I honestly urge you, try everything. Try everything. See what your dogs respond to. And I'm, I'm sure you'll see some kind of a difference like we did. Very happy about that. Well, Jim, on that note, let's take a quick break. Because when we come back, we're going to talk about Airbnb rentals that double as animal habitats. What? <laughs> You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host, the queen of rock and roll dogs. And we'll be right back. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Suds shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Welcome back, everyone. So just before the break, we talked about uh, balancing the skin's microbiome. For those pets who are having a really tough time with allergies, seasonal allergies and environmental allergies. When we say environmental, it can, it can be all kinds of things, but think about what's in your home as well. And I think we should probably put together a sheet of things you can eliminate out of your home that could be impacting you and your pets. For example, dry sheets, get rid of those toxic. Oh, so we have a lovely cat rescue here in town that actually is run by a vet and it's actually attached to her office which is wonderful and it's called the poppy foundation p-o-p-p-y whenever i say that people think i'm saying poppy poppy who would say poppy for a puppy poppy, poppy. <laughs> it's poppy. the poppy fan- how do you say it jim poppy <laughs> no it's a poppy foundation Poppy. Named after a cat called Poppy and what happened to Poppy. And often a lot of these places spring up because of of an animal that impacted someone's life. And they want to then, as, as part of their legacy, pay it forward and help other animals. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, the Poppy Foundation and dryer sheets. They just recently found out that dryer sheets are toxic for pets. And of course, you can imagine in a facility with animals, there is a lot of washing of towels and blankets and beds and da-da-da. They've got rid of them. Done. Bye-bye. And now all they're using are those um, dryer balls, which is what we've got. Not the plastic ones, because who wants plastic heating up in a dryer? It's the the wool ones, which is what we've got. And they work. They work. Close us off. They dry very, very quickly, quickly, actually, with those. Very happy about that. Anyway, so maybe we'll put a list together of things that you can just eliminate straight away. Like we've got a steamer for our floors. We don't use any chemicals whatsoever on the floors. I walk around barefoot all the time. You do for the most part, Jim. Dog's definitely a barefoot. And if you're spraying stuff on your floors, you you know, you it's, it's being absorbed through the skin. Now, although I don't lick my feet, Jim does sometimes, but the dogs definitely lick their, <laughs> their balls. That's not right. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know, I actually do love standing up doing the show. I have to tell you, it feels better. I feel like I can breathe better as well. Anyway, <laughs> where was I going with all of this? Yes. So we'll put a list together that you can download and do a little checklist. You might not be aware that some of these things are not great for you or your pets. Uh, things like plug in air fresheners. Goodbye. Say goodbye to them. There are other ways that you can have a nice fragrance in your home. You could use animal EO essential oils, what you would do, and, and they were formulated and um, screened by veterinarian and, and tested. So they will be safe for your pets, but you still have to be aware of what's good for cats and dogs because cats are super sensitive. But that's another way that you can, you know, freshen up and also get some benefits from essential oils. And if you do want to pick up some some of those oils, from Animal EO, just go to their Facebook page and you can ask tons of questions on there about their products and they're great, absolutely great. Um, so, who was that? Was that thought who made that noise? That was so funny. Oh, it's her, yeah. <laughs> All kinds of noise going on around here. So yeah, we'll do that because it's often you're just not aware of half the horrible things that are in, in your home. And it can be a bit mortifying because you start looking at things going, oh, I can't have that in my house. Oh, I can't use that in my house. Oh my gosh, I was putting that on my skin. <laughs> it can be a bit, ah. Uh... In fact, though, if you're not sure about some products, you can go to the, you can get the app actually, the Environmental Working Group, EWG. Get their app. You'll be able to plug in that particular product. I think you just scan it in now as well. And they'll tell you. Uh, how it's not just how it's rated, but what chemicals are in it, how dangerous they can be on your health, and uh, if they exceed safe levels, that kind of thing. Anyway, let's get on to let's get on to Airbnb rentals that double as animal habitats. And I picked this little little nugget of information up from Refinery Twenty Nine. Yeah, I'd like to stay at the Alligator Airbnb. It would. <laughs> okay they said your dream vacation may look like a tropical beach filled with swimsuits sandals and sand and they said we feel that but if it looks more like a farm filled with fuzzy furry and feathered friends then we've got major travel tea to spill take a trip taking a trip to an animal filled oasis isn't only possible it's rentable llama lovers they said this one is for you do you know what spill the tea means no, because I'm American. Give me the info. Give me the gossip. Actually, I don't hear it that much at home. I hear it more here. Whoa. It's become a big pop culture thing, which, by the way, remind me, I also have an update on Spill the Tea. Um, what was I saying? Oh, I got a little off track there. <laughs> Spill the Tea. Spill the Tea often means give me the goods, tell me the gossip. Just remember, though, if you spill the tea and it's gossip, sometimes tea stains. So be careful who you spill the tea to. Anyway, they're giving us the they're giving us the goods on this one. They did a lot of research on Airbnbs that doubled as habitats for llamas, horses, goats, potbelly pigs, and more, with rental proceeds going towards rescue animal care and rehabilitation programs. You know, I'm all about that. And they said whether it's a cozy alpaca ranch in California or an eco monkey reserve in Belize. A, or a solar-powered goat farm in South Africa, uh, they found 17 rentals um, that are made for these four-legged friends and, of course, their biggest fans, and all come compassionately recommended from the animal lovers who stayed there firsthand. So I'm going to put you a little link up about that, and um, 
they said, you know, complete with all the hands-on animal experience that your heart desires from feeding to farming, petting, and caring for a crew of cute creatures. Okay, so on that note, I think it's really important to understand that animals are not for entertainment. So if you think you're going for entertainment, you should not you should not participate. What you should go is if you can go and actually aid, say for example, the goats have to be fed twice a day or, or whatever it is, or, or exercised every day. That's a different thing. It's part of their normal life and routine. But if it comes to, oh, now is, now is um, feed a giraffe time, you know, and there's a hundred people there, that's not what you want to do because that's not normal. So I think if you're participating in their normal activities, that's a whole different story, like mucking out horses. <laughs> you know, get your pitchfork, you're gonna to have to muck out some horses. That's something you have to do, we've got horses. Totally get that. But if you're, if you're viewing them as entertainment, that's a big no-no. Um, I hate to say this, and I'm not gonna mention the person's name, but it's a friend of mine that I'm gonna to have to mention to her, but you know, we did, this. how weird is this? We did the show on Not Swimming With Pigs, in the Bahamas. And, and she... And she, You know, and she's she's so she's the most amazing person. You know her. We love her. She loves animals. She, I mean, like, to the point of she's helping in rescue. She's... I, it, there's no... But, you know, I think she's fallen victim to, like we talked about in that show, which was, of course, they're not going to tell you. They're starving the pigs and keep them in a pen all day. And then, you know, when the boat shows up and you've got food in your hands... Off they go, running into the ocean to swim to get food from you. They can be aggressive too because they're hungry. And it's, you know, it's in a beautiful location. It's the Bahamas. And I think she's fallen victim to that. I know she's going to be mortified when she finds out the truth about them. And it's it was the exact pigs that we did the show on. The ones in the Bahamas, the exact ones. Wow. And it's funny because the guy is saying, the, the the guide, he's in the ocean and he's going, uh, be careful because they will bite. Well, yeah, because we've already covered why they bite because they're starving and they want the food from you. Because um, if they do, if they get all aggressive, you know, I can put them back in the pen as if like the pen's there in case they get aggressive. That's where they're living. That's where they're living. They're not free roaming pigs. They're like, hey, there's a boat here. I wonder if they got a sandwich for me, <laughs> you know? So... It, even the, the best people I know in animal rescue can also be fooled as well. I do know she'll be mortified, though. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. We did the show, and then I saw the video. I was like, what? Oh, no. This is terrible. But they're very good at deception. I think you have to remember that. They're, they're not going to tell you they don't treat them well on their websites. They're going to tell you they're well cared for, and they've rescued them. It's always, been, it's always yeah, this, the, the uh, baby tiger, its mother abandoned it. What, hundred of them? <laughs> okay. You know, we rescued them. Oh, it's it's not good. It's not good. Anyway, so there's my update. I will put a link to that. Uh, I, I love the fact that they give back to... So I'm going to say, if these people give back to, who own these properties, give back to rescues and programs like that, I'm going to say they're pretty clued in as to um, how to treat animals. I just hope it's not a ruse to get people to go. You see, now I'm going to have to do more research, Jim. I'm going to have to do even more research. In fact, you know, the, one of the best research things to do, go and look at reviews. I'm telling you, people will tell the truth on a review. So talking about spilling the tea, I came out with a notebook. Two basset hounds literally having a tea party. And it says, 
darling, do spill the tea. So <laughs> that's available. But I also came out with a, a planner this week, an academic planner. Academic planners either on six, 12 or 18 months, sometimes two years. But yeah, I would think after six months, you want to change your planner. If, you, well, if you're anything like me, I like a good old change. So I created yesterday. And actually, I should check if it's live. It might be live on Amazon already. Let me have a little look. Yes, it is. Da, 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 da. Just got the email. It's called Yas Queen, Y-A-S Queen. And it's a cat with a crown on. It's a big pop culture thing, Jim. It's a slang term for, that's fantastic. I'm excited. You've got this, yeah? Yes, queen. What does it mean? I just told you what it meant. <laughs> okay. Did you <laughs> that, the, But the meaning yes, is... Yes, queen. Like, yes, queen. Oh, like, yeah. Like a play on like, word. Like, yes. Yeah, oh. like, yes, queen. Went right over my head. Like, that's fabulous. That's right, wonderful. Right over excited. my head. Excited. So I've come out with an academic planner. It starts July the 1st and it goes to the end of December of 2019. It's available. It's a cat with a crown on. And on the top it says, yes, queen, and underneath academic planner. Just thought, I'd, you know, like, what's this show about, Jim? Pets, people, and pop, pop culture. culture. Spill the tea. Yes, queen. All with an animal theme. Can't beat that, can you? <laughs> Moving on little piece of information that I found and then I had a bit of a bit of a bit of a struggle because when I went to the the main link for the full article it was in Dutch <laughs> so but this is this is the bit I, I read there was a statement that was put out by the Dutch pug club comedia website now, I don't know where they are the in... DPCCW okay okay oh very good DPCCW, that's, well, yeah, very good. Very good acronym there, Jim. I don't know where they rank in, uh, in the, you know, in the Netherlands. I don't know where this club ranks. You know, is this like the top club that you like, we have to look towards them because they're doing the right thing for pugs? I don't know. But I do love their statement. They said, um, because the ministry is of the opinion that breeding dogs with harmful physical characteristics has been banned since 2014, so they were way ahead of the time, we must conclude that our own statutes and code of ethics are in violation of the law. So they've realized we're not in compliance. And so they're breeding, and they're breeding dogs that can't... Um, brachycep brachycephalic breeding. So the short-nosed dogs, yeah, the pugs. Therefore, the club breeding rules are no longer in effect because breeding is forbidden until further notice. Love this. This is why we also won't be holding stamina tests this coming week. Because, you know, stamina tests, I have a hard time breathing through, the, through, those, through those tests. So I was really excited to see that. And here's the thing. It's taken them five years to figure out they weren't in compliance. Wow. I wonder if they got a little letter. So, so now they're not going to breed. They so breed. basically, they're like rescue now. The club is like a rescue. What no. the pugs that are? No, they just—it's a membership. Oh. It's a membership of um, paper dogs. Basically, here's what's going to happen because they have lots of events and stuff like that. Yeah. Here's the thing. I wonder how long it's going to take though to see the changes in in short you know, uh, snouted, that's not even a word, in dogs with short snouts, to actually come back to what they were 
sometimes hundreds of years ago, what they actually looked like and how breeding has really ruined these breeds and given them, you know, nothing worse than being born with a physical problem. It's terrible to not be able to breathe properly, to not be able to run a lot. I mean, it's terrible. It's really, and to overheat. I mean, it's pretty bad when you think about that. But I think this is an amazing step, an absolutely amazing step. It's just, I'm like, da, da, da. anyway, it says, couldn't read Dutch on the main website. So I wrote, what I need to do is actually just go to, go to my laptop and get it translated through Google Translate and, uh, and read a little bit more about it. But that was pretty cool to hear that, don't you think, Jim? Yeah, how big is Dutchland? Deutschland. About the size of Holland. We worked with a lot probably of... About, probably about the size of Los Angeles. We really. worked with a lot of Dutch people, though, remember? Well, on, the, we, on cruise uh, ships? Uh, we worked for <laughs> Holland America <laughs> Line. Yeah, but not uh, everybody was Dutch. All the... Well, the captain, all the crew, they... What did they call them? The officers. The officers and the captain were... Some of the crew staff were... I think the chefs were, weren't they? Yeah, the Dutch. Yeah. We worked with lots of them. We are Dutch. Dutch. Deutschland. Um... We had a friend who was from South Africa who spoke Dutch. But didn't tell the Dutch. But didn't tell the Dutch. And they would say stuff about him because he was, oh my gosh, one of the best people ever on that ship. Wasn't he great, Jim? Just a great guy. Here's the thing. All the girls really liked him. And the officers didn't like that. Correct. So, because believe this or not, the officers really felt that they, they had the pick of the girls above anyone. It was very weird. Very weird. Anyway, he would hear them talking all kinds of smack about him and... It was his last day on the ship, and he said, yeah, I'm going to take care of a few people. <laughs> and when he revealed he, he understood everything that they said because he spoke to them in Dutch, they couldn't believe it. So, yeah, it was... You should have done it sooner. Checked them while well, he was no, still there. Well, no, because you know what would have happened? He'd have been thrown in the brig, in the jail or off the ship. And he did love being on the ship. He was a great guy. Was he? Was he? Casino? Yeah, he was a casino dealer. Yeah, he was great. From South Africa. Yeah, he was great. Funny. He was a triathlete as well. Oh, gosh, he was in shape. Dutch Army. He was crazy. But yeah, really nice guy, real gentleman. Anyway, we've gone a little bit off the thing there. (laughs) Here's a topic that I'm really glad to talk about. And it's a simple thing. It's something you can actually do today. And it's called a decompression walk with your dog and how it can change your dog's life. And I think we all need a decompression walk once in a while. But uh, decompression walks are where a dog is allowed freedom of movement in nature. Dogs, as you know, given the chance, naturally like to hunt, explore, scavenge, sniff, chase, run, dig, play, rolling things that smell. (laughs) And they're often dead and often very, very gross. (laughs) But that's called being a dog. You know, that's why we should take them tonight when it cools off a little bit up to the off-leash park in Boulder City. That yeah. might be good but for do them. Do they have cactus up there? No. Are you sure? That is designed for dogs to roam. Because that's the only thing I'm concerned about. That's a about. roamy park. But what about snakes and stuff up there? No, no, that's roamy. That park was designed. It's not just the oh, wild yeah. fenced in. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was just no. fenced in area. No, it's not just the wild oh. fenced in. Yeah, because, let's, let's explain this to you. It's so simple though, but depending on when you live and where you walk, you may not be giving your dog an opportunity to experience a walk full of enrichment and a choice to be a dog. And maybe you do the same walk every day. Maybe you walk where there's noise and traffic and people and other dogs, which can be stressful for dogs. And a lot of those factors are, are, like I say, stressful, not just for the dog, but they are for me. Oh, gosh, I walked yesterday, and guess what? It was 
a little bit dark. No, it was the night before when it, people were putting out their rubbish for the bin man to come and show up. And I saw in the distance... That's a trash man. A little, <laughs> I saw a little, little dog. I thought, no, it's not off leash. Oh my gosh, I've got two dogs I'm by myself. What am I doing? So that's the kind of stuff that stresses me out because we've been attacked before. It's horrible. Anyway, so... So a lot of those factors are stressful to you and your dog. And, and if you think about it, it's just sometimes just not fun. Anyway, if, uh, you know, it all depends. Are you a city dweller? Are you someone who dwells in the countryside? Could your walks be adding stress to your dogs? Think about that and to you. And I do think it's important to recognize how much we control our dogs' lives. I mean... We generally, well, well, my dogs, I tell them when to get up because they don't get up before me. But you tell them to wake up, you tell them to go outside and have a wee, you're telling them to eat some some food, you're telling them it's bath time, you tell them it's walk time, you tell them we're going to the groomer, we're going to the vet, and then you tell them you've got a bed. You know, when does your dog get to just de-stress and decompress and say, you know, I'm just going to take a day off today. Stop telling me what to do. <laughs> Think about it. We control every aspect of our dog's lives. And as much of that allow them to be a dog. Anyway, so de decompression walks are simple. And then that you choose a place where you can have peace and quiet, like going to the countryside or the woods, or like Jim said, what is it called, that park? It's just a, what is it? I, don't know. I forget the name. I'm going to look it up right now. But it's up in Boulder City. And it's preferred if you can do, if you can walk off leash. I mean, of course, you've got to look at laws. You've got to look at who's around. You've got to look at, uh, you know, does my dog have a very good recall? Because <laughs> you're going to need that. Um, but another alternative is to use, now they said a long rope. A rope can be quite heavy, but I think you could be very creative um, in the way that you link up um, leashes. Not going to be heavy. You know, they're going to be secure. But it gives them a little bit of freedom, yeah? Not a retractable leash. We all know they're far too dangerous for you and your dog. And if anyone's ever had a, a burn from a retractable leash, you're nodding your head right now and going, oh, yeah, I still remember how bad that was. <laughs> um, and they do leave scars. Horrible. But what it can do to your dog is terrible. Anyway, so being off leash or on a long leash allows your dog to experience freedom and a chance to be a dog and sniff and run and roll and all those great uh, things I mentioned earlier that dogs love to do. Now, a lot of people have noted that a, a decompression walk has truly helped their dogs gain a lot more confidence, that they, they seem to feel like their dog feels happier, um, more settled, certainly less stressed. And, and in general, we know that, you know, all those things just help us feel better. And um, I would love to see, because I work with so many rescues, I'd love to see foster parents partaking in decompression walks with their foster dogs. Um, it would be a good thing for everyone involved, especially if you are a foster parent. That's in itself stressful too. So I think that would be great to actually plan that. Um, and I think, you know, we also have to get away from saying, a tired dog is a good dog, because a tired dog can still be a stressed dog, which I'm going to talk about if I have time at the end of the show. Um, long, for example, long frisbee sessions and ball play can be stressful, that repetitive, repetitive, and it can also become a little addictive for, for dogs as well. And, um, city living can be stressful. And, uh, of course there's nothing worse than a boring walk as well, doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's funny when people say, my dog always stops at this one place and wheeze, or my dog always stops at this one place and sniffs. And it's like, oh my gosh, your poor dog's in such a routine. <laughs> Give it some variety in life because variety is the spice of life. Now, decompression walks allow dogs to be dogs, engaging their natural behaviors in a way that is not hurried 
and it's not lacking in enrichment. It's full of enrichment and it gives your dog freedom of movement. Um, it also gives them a choice of where they want to explore. Like I say, you know, many times, uh, you know, people will not let their dogs sniff when I see them on a walk and the walk is for your dog. Of course, it benefits you, but you've really got to focus on your dog and, and give your dog that freedom to sniff because that's exercise too and exploring and it, it provides physical and mental stimulation. And as a bonus, it helps you slow down as well. So for dogs who experience, I would say, fear, anxiety, stress, or reactivity during their daily walks, I think decompression time can serve as a really important part of stress release relief and it's an important way to improve their behavioral health as well and decompression walks of course will be very different for all dogs and here are some suggestions for you you have to be you know creative uh, walk on trails the beach any grassy area if you walk your dog and you never go on the grass huh? what find a grassy area football or a baseball field which we have sometimes we sneak down there because it's it's um enclosed in and, um, you know, you can choose early mornings, late nights, uh, when, you know, when it's quieter, you know, if you find that it's, that's going to be better for your dog and for you, if you just want some quiet time with your dog, this would be perfect. Um, what I mentioned a few shows back was, um, I forgot the name of it and I wish I remember the name, but there's a company and there's an app and you can actually find spaces where you can take your dog. So if you've got a dog that's reactive, the, for example, they had everything from someone's um, secure back garden to literally acres that were secured. And you pay an hourly fee for your your dog, you know, for you to take your dog there to let it have some space, some freedom, or maybe train. Maybe it's the kind of dog that I can't take it to the training facility and I, I don't want to bring the trainer to the house because I have no space. And I thought it was a great solution. I think that also is a great alternative when you need to do a compression decompression walk and it'll be fun of course to plan to plan a decompression walk it's something you and your dog can do together and you can both benefit from it and uh, who doesn't need some quiet time to literally stop and smell the roses i enjoy it when i see my dogs exploring and smelling things and getting excited about whatever they're sniffing and picking up information as they go i think that's fantastic they're being a dog and like i say we control way too much of their lives we need to really allow them that freedom. So yeah, get creative, get creative. And uh, it looks like there are going to be tons of benefits for both you and your dog. And how fun is that to say, oh, on the weekend, we're going to go here. We're doing a little trip this this weekend because we can, you know, have a decompression walk. I love it. The one thing I did want to cover, where did I put it? Oh, yeah, I've got, oh, yeah, got a few minutes. Got a few minutes. I think I, please, I hope I do have it. Ah, this kind of, this kind of rolls right into this. A tired dog is a good dog. And I talked about obsessive frisbee playing, you know, for hours and end, or that chuck it toy thing, whatever they call it, you know, lobbing the ball. And all the dog does is... Too much fetch. Too much. You know what? That's a good hashtag, that, Jim. Too, too much, much fetch. fetch. Well, here's this I found. I came up with that. It's very good, Jim. Theo Stewart, who's a trainer, I think in the UK... And um, I've hidden the ball thrower, a cautionary tale. Uh, Pickle is obviously Theo's dog. Pickle loves to chase the ball. He races down the field after it spins in the air as it bounces and leaps to catch it. Now nine years old, his energy is still endless when fired up by a ball. Ball thrower, ball launcher, ball chucker uh, uses seldom ration their use. Uh, 
like five throws and put it away. They don't. I, we see people do it all the time in the dog park, like for half an hour. It's like, what? Anyway, Pickle is an addict. Even though we hadn't used a ball thrower for years or so, I thought Pickle is still an addict. He always will be. Certain dogs are prone to obsessing. Too much chasing the ball, run, fetch, drop, run, fetch, drop, run, fetch, drop. You get the idea there. And uh, the dog can become what they call an <laughs> adrenaline junkie. Yeah? Um, with many dogs, it's the chase that's, that's the, the exciting part of it. Catching the ball and bringing it back is just you know, the work they have to do in order to get the same chase fix, basically, is how they, he's calling it. And um, it's like, you know, when the ball stops being thrown, then... You know, it's almost like life stops for the dog. Is what he's saying. Like, oh, okay. So, where's the ball? Find the ball. Throw the ball. Throw the ball. I'm stood here. I'm looking at you. I'm staring you down. Where's my ball? Anyway, as um, a ball throwing goes on indoors too, um, the dog often in a border collie will constantly drop the ball at the feet of anyone who will throw it, and people do over and over and over again. So uh, they're, they're they're the what do they call it? enablers. <laughs> but a lovely walk can become nothing more than all about the ball fetching and dropping it. Um, to be for it to be thrown once again. The richness of the countryside, yes, 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 and guarantee is from the UK. The richness from the countryside becomes lost to the dog, who should be sniff, using his wonderful nose to sniff and explore the environment and uh, and the scents on the trail left by other dogs and other animals and bugs and uh, you know anything they would normally encounter. And there could be other dogs to meet and people to greet, but no, he's, this dog's got his ball, and his human becomes robotic and mindless and continuously lobbing the ball with the ball thrower. Uh, and again, this is a very much stop and smell the roses, isn't it? Um, unnaturally said, would the dog, in all honesty, in the environment, by itself, without people, be doing anything so repetitive naturally? And we, we know that's not the case. They would, of course, be hunt. there's the hunting you know, part of it, where you know, there's, you've know you got to stalk the prey, chase it, hopefully catch it, and then you know, maybe eat it or roll in it, <laughs> like we talked about earlier. Um, but they say an exception may be a terrier clearing a stack of haystack of rats, but even that would be over and done with quickly. So what he's saying is they don't do repetitive things, yeah? I find that dogs like Border Collies that are bred to be patient and persistent obsess the easiest on balls or anything involving concentration and focus. And a through, a through, a through that is two words together, few and throw, a through, <laughs> A few throws with a ball thrower and a collie can be hooked. Anything repeated over and over can be addictive and and can cause stress because you want it to keep repeating all the time, yeah? Because you want to keep, you know, chasing it. Anyway, uh, he calls it pickling. So his little dog, he calls it pickling. And uh, pickle is actually a cocker spaniel. And he would chase the ball all day, given the chance. However, without a ball, he's happily pickling. I call pickling what instinctively comes to him, which is running the whole perimeter of the field before zigzag crossing it. And his tail is wagging as he explores with his nose. He may be chasing a pigeon, sniffing out a mouse, or trying to dig up a mole. Oh, definitely in England. <laughs> uh, pickle's a working dog. Likes to use his brain while exercising. Um, and then he calls. He, he talks about this bucket incident. He said, Tony walks the dogs a couple of days ago. He took the four dogs out into the field as usual. Time passed. Then with a crash, Pickle charged back in through the open door ahead of my other three dogs. He leapt into the large water bucket the dogs drink from, digging in the water, grunting and snorting, water flying everywhere. Dripping, he did about 10 zoomies over the sofas and round the coffee table. Then he jumped into the water bucket, knocked it over, and it was a big you know, mess of a pond in there. And he said, why had Pickle come home so manic? He went, I knew. 
without asking, I knew that Tony had rediscovered the ball thrower. So years ago, he said he decided, based on the behavior of many of the dogs that he uh, visited professionally, professionally, that we shouldn't just do this repetitive ball play. And um, their ball thrower was buried in the shed. Oh, that's what he thought. Anyway, he said he waits, he stares, come on, throw it. And that's that's from the dog's perspective. He brings the ball back, drops it where it makes it easiest for the person to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, they do though, don't they? They go, I'll make it easy for you, human, to throw that for me. So true. And then they run off in anticipation where the ball might land. Isn't ball play meant to tie the dog out and make him calm? Isn't isn't a tired, physically worn out dog a good dog? Fat chance. It's the opposite. So Pickle acted possessed, he said, wired and really reactive. And um, Pickle was on high alert for sounds for the rest of the day. The next morning, it was still wired, getting vocal and excited for his breakfast, perfectly illustrating how stress chemicals, the adrenaline and cortisol, had built up and remained in the body for some time. So he said, I've hidden the ball thrower. Why don't you just throw it away? <laughs> no ball thrower yesterday, no ball thrower today. Pickle has been out in the field, just pickling, no balls. And then he comes home, and he has a drink, and he settles down. And today the neighbors wheeled their bin down the passage and he said, see, bin, bin man, Aha, he's English. And after just one token, uh, wolf, uh, token wolf pickle settled again, no vocals before breakfast. And it's taken nearly three days for him to get back to his usual self. And if anyone reading this has a high wired or working dog and uses a ball thrower to chuck a ball repeatedly for the dog, just try something for me. <laughs> try not to throw the ball for a few days. Your dog may find doing his own thing and withdrawal very hard to start with, but persist. He may need to go cold turkey. I mean, how do you even lim limit that in all honesty? And just allow him freedom to explore and sniff and chase and find find things for himself to to chase. And this will result in a less wide dog that is able to better cope with all sorts of li uh, things life throw at him, from encountering other dogs on walks to being less destructive to not overreacting to sounds to waiting patiently for dinner, just settling down peacefully. And he said the list just goes on and on and on, those benefits. And uh, just possibly also, he said, no more chasing, leaping and twisting the high and bouncing balls from a thrower will save him from future injury. And that is something to consider. Repetitive um, movement can cause strain and injury. And uh, I thought that was a fantastic article and um, something that, you know, and I think a lot of people use it as, a, as an easy way. They think of exercising their dog. Well, I'll just keep lobbing it with this thing. It's easy. The dog brings it back. I don't even have to get off the bench at the dog park. <laughs> I just keep throwing it. How easy is this? He gets exercise. I get to sit around. But as we know now... That's not the case. So I thought you would really like that article. So I think that couples in nicely with a decompression walk, you know, where we're focusing on them being a dog. Well, Jim, I think my timing was impeccable today. I have to say that. Pretty good. It's really good, actually. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> um, don't forget, you can subscribe to the show. And if you want my show on in your inbox every single week, just makes it super easy on you. You can actually subscribe. Just go in the show notes. It's right there. And I want to thank you for listening to the show, catching up on the podcast, sharing the show with your friends, and all the incredible feedback that we get on the topics and, and the people we bring on the show to help improve the lives of your pets. I want to thank you for being a fantastic pet parent and caring about every aspect of your pet's lives. So today, you've been listening to, and I've missed something out here. <laughs> I mean, it's... I miss my little... You forgot to thank me. Uh, oh, yeah, I have to thank Jim, of course, always. And my dogs are just being super cute because there's nothing better than that. Um, I've, got a f I've lost my spot in my show. 
This is so weird. A part of my show's missing. <laughs> I always say, remember, here we go. <laughs> that was so weird. Remember, you can help an animal in need, either rescue, adopt, donate, volunteer, share their information, take them on a decompression walk, stop throwing the ball and stop throwing the frisbee and let them be a dog. Yeah? Rescue your next family member, replace the word shop with adopt, and be kind to all animals. Now, please take a moment, like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to post pics of your pets. We'd love to see your little fur babies. Tell us their names and what you love about them. Don't forget to enter our giveaway for the Meow Notebook. And today, you've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, where it's all about pets, people, and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. And always kiss your pets good morning and good night. And I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Visit Vegas Rock Dog Radio for more information. Find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe on iTunes and iHeartRadio. And remember, give your fur babies a big kiss from me, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. You must not rely on the information in this broadcast from our host as an alternative to medical advice from your veterinarian. If you have any specific questions about a medical matter regarding your pets, you should consult your veterinarian or specialist. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.